0: Hey there, this is Passing Notes with Ashley and Shanda. I am Shanda Sung and I'm a comedian.
1: And I'm Ashley Morgan and I'm a farmer.
0: We have been best friends since we were nine years old.
1: Welcome to our show where we teach each other all kinds of things that cover our wide range of knowledge and interests. And today's episode is
0: about pirates. or the high seas. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there will be Many bad pirate impersonations in this episode, I'm afraid. It's just not
1: something I can avoid doing. I know. Maybe. same. Have you ever been out on the ocean? Like, Have you ever taken a cruise or anything? <laughs> uh, yeah. We took a very short
0: cruise from Orlando to the Bahamas. It was just like a one-day cruise, and then we were in the Bahamas for like four or five hours, and then right back on the ship. And it was a very small, very old ship. Might have been used by pirates at one point because it it was so old, but yeah, that's about it. What about you?
1: Have you? I've been on a cruise, Carnival cruise liner. Yeah, we left out of Miami, ended up in Cancun, but we were out to sea for a few days on each.
0: I like how you say ended up in Cancun. Like maybe that wasn't the plan.
1: I had to like, think you for just a minute. Like... Wandered
0: and then we found ourselves in Cancun. It was. Yeah. We were headed to Antarctica. <laughs> I was completely improperly dressed.
1: I Well, I say that because I was trying to remember how many days we spent at sea. And I thought we made other stops, but I really don't remember. And I don't really remember much about the ocean itself. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't really on the top deck much to like look out on the water. So it wasn't yeah. really anything to see. Yeah. We were so high up and it was nothing but ocean. I was like, okay, this is freaking me out. I'm going to go to the casino.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just the mind-numbing, vast emptiness could very easily be upsetting, especially if you've been drinking a lot of yeah. uh, complimentary drinks
1: on the boat. <laughs> and there's so much to do on a cruise ship that you kind of forget that you're out in the middle of the ocean just trekking along. <laughs> The comedy shows and the dancing and there's a nightclub on board. There's all these food things and the casino. So, yeah, you kind of forget that you're just steaming right along. And Yeah. So, yeah, it's just one of those things that you kind of lose all concept of space and time when you're on a cruise ship. And I think they do that on purpose.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And would you, I mean,
1: would you do it again? Would you go on another cruise? Yes. I would like to go with Tyler because when we went, it was a bachelorette party. Oh. So it was a bunch of girls and some of my girlfriends from airline days. And so that was a lot of fun. But I would like to go with Tyler and I'd like to do something different. Mexico was fine, but I had been to Mexico before. Yeah. I want to do like... I want to do a Mediterranean cruise or an Alaskan cruise or something different.
0: Yeah, one of those, like, Viking cruises. Yeah. (laughs) I know they're,
1: like, targeted towards retirees, but hell yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, you get to see these really neat things. And I don't necessarily want to be out on the ocean for days on end because there's nothing really to see. I mean, if it gets you there, fine, but... I want to be on one of those cruises where you go into the various ports along a certain coast and get to spend a few hours or a day in a certain area. And you get to see 10 different towns on your cruise, not just out to Cancun and back, you know.
0: Yeah. The one that we did, they dropped us off in Nassau in the Bahamas for, you know, like four hours and... We had them the most fun we just posted up at a liquor store because they had free samples. Nice. And the guy who worked in there was so cool and really fun to talk to. So we were just like hanging out in this liquor store, taking shots and talking to this guy (laughs) for a couple hours. It was a good time.
1: Yeah. We did
0: some other stuff, too. We like toured a, a city hall or something. But yeah just uh sitting in the liquor store was which was very piratey of us i think you know we make port and we spend all of our riches on alcohol no actually we plundered that place we did drank all all the all the free stuff (laughs) (laughs) do you remember like kind of just out of high school like when i was in college there was a a thing that people would talk about like pirates versus ninjas And, like, are you a pirate or a ninja? I don't know where. It probably came from some, like, online corner of something. But people talked about it a lot. Like, people would have pirate and ninja parties. And we were very solidly in the pirate part of that, my college roommate and I. So we had several parties that were pirate-themed.
1: I don't remember that. It was a
0: weird, like, brief moment in time where that was, like the cultural conversation that people were talking about I don't know or maybe it was just the people I happened to be hanging out with (laughs) but yeah so I feel a small affinity towards the characterization of pirates I guess not actual (laughs) pirates in the in the research for this episode I was reminded that pirates were and are awful (laughs) but they wear funny hats and they yeah. say silly things.
1: They have eye patches and peg legs and hook hands, right? <laughs> yeah. All of them. They have so many pirates like in kids' shows
0: now, and it's very funny to me that I think if an actual pirate realized that, like there's a show called Jake and the Neverland Pirates, and their their whole thing is like teamwork, and we all share, and we're re- we we save the day, and it's like, man. I don't know how we got here, but it's very weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think pirates would be aghast at how we've bastardized their <laughs> image oh. into, into kids' things.
1: Oh, I'm sure.
0: Yeah. But speaking of pirate bastards, I think I'm first today.
1: <laughs> it's yes, a you seamless are.
0: transition. <laughs> Beautiful. I'm proud of myself. Yes, I am first, and I'm going to talk about um, a pirate. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I I need to keep a running tally on how many of my subjects for this podcast come from a meme. Because this is one of them. (laughs) 80%.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, I saw a meme that was like, oh, this... Most foul pirate that had the largest bust, bust, I don't know, heist, uh, thievery, uh, booty, had the biggest booty, (laughs) had the biggest plundering, yeah, the had a a heck of a score. (laughs) And (laughs) so, I took a screenshot and I added it to my passing notes folder in my (laughs) photos. And so, this is where we are. His name was Henry Every. Which is not someone I had heard of before. Me either. Yeah. But he was very prolific in a very short amount of time and kind of lived so many of the stereotypes that we think about when it comes to pirates. Like I was reminded a lot of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, <laughs> like plot points there. So Henry Every was born August 20th, 1659. And he was born near Plymouth, England. You know Plymouth Hmm. in England. Everybody knows that this podcast is well-versed in European geography. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm sure you can picture it in your mind's eye perfectly. (laughs) He was born in Plymouth, England. There was a record that he did get married. He married a woman named Dorothy Arthur in London in September of 1690. There was no evidence that he had any kids, but so he was married and he waited a pretty decent amount of time to get married. He was born in 1659. He was married in 1690. That's like 29, right? Fifty nine, 60. Nope. 31. (laughs) (laughs) He was 31, which is like ancient (laughs) to get married in the 1600s, I think. Yeah when your life expectancy is 35. (laughs) Yeah, he was really getting it in under the wire there. It does make me wonder how old Dorothy was, but there was no information on that. (laughs) Twelve. Likely. But (laughs) he was a sailor his whole life. Even as a young man, he got on ships, doing various jobs, various ships, various types of ships. In 1689... There was the Nine Years' War that broke out between England and France, and at that time he joined the Royal Navy. And while he was in the Royal Navy, he served on the HMS Rupert, and he saw action in various places, worked his way up through the ranks, and became somewhat of a first mate. They didn't use that exact terminology in the article, but that's what I pictured in my mind's eye. He was first mate. He mm-hmm. was not scrubbing the poop deck, you know. He was polishing the captain's sword or something. I don't know. But he, he worked his way up through the ranks. And then he actually saw a lot of action in the Battle of Beachy Head, which is so <laughs> British. <laughs> I, I can think of nothing more British than the Battle of Beachy Head. But he did well in the Navy. He was discharged honorably in 1690, age 31, and then he went and got hitched. So I guess that kind of explains it. You know, he was on a boat pretty much the entire time up until then. So (laughs) not a lot of opportunity to meet and marry ladies. So we'll give him a pass on that one, I guess. Mm -hmm. That's the end of the passes that he gets. (laughs) (laughs) because right after getting out of the Navy, he entered the slave trade. Hmm. Real cool, Henry. Now, what he did was he worked without a license, which was called being an interloper, because at the time, all slave trade was run by the Royal African Company, and if you didn't have a license through the Royal African Company, you were considered working outside the law, because... They're not getting a cut of what you were doing, which the idea of like legality in terms of the industry of snatching people up and
1: selling them into slavery is absurd. But that's that's what the government had a problem with, not selling human (laughs) beings, but the fact that you they weren't getting their cut. We
0: didn't get our money.
1: Yeah, so he was an interloper,
0: so he was sneaking around and involved in the slave trade outside of the legal Mm. workings of it. But one thing is that he was known to kidnap the slave traders also, (laughs) so he would go to Africa... And he would fly a British flag. And so those who had been kidnapping people and rounding them up and bringing them to the ships, they'd be like, hey, here's your cargo or whatever. And he was like, great, you're in, too. And he cuffs them and throws them down in the hold and sells them into slavery also, (laughs) (laughs) which I appreciate the karma of that. But I know he was just doing it because he was like, they can't tell on me now. (laughs) Yeah. What are they going to do about it? (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, that is something that he did. And then in 1693, he was hired to join a fleet of British ships to go to the West Indies and trade with the Spanish. So he was going to go to Spain and pick up a bunch of cargo and things. And then this fleet was going to go to the West Indies and trade. And then also on the way, if they happened to bump into any French people, (laughs) they could rob them that would be cool. That'd be super, (laughs) super chill. We'd be very down with that if you took over some French ships on the way. And this was all above board in that thing. So he's on this ship. The ship he was on was called the Charles II. It was one of four ships. All four of the ships were commanded by the Admiral Sir Don Arturo O'Byrne. Oh, my. Yeah. There's a real mix of ethnicities in that name, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Don Arturo O'Byrne. I don't know. But he was head of the fleet of these four ships that left England, went to Spain. They arrived in Spain, and they were supposed to be loading up, getting paid, and then heading to the West Indies. Well... The Spanish who were employing them did not send the right paperwork to Corona, which is where they were, in order for them to be paid. So they weren't getting paid and they just had to sit there. They sat for three months. This fleet of four ships. They couldn't leave. They couldn't send money back home. And they're getting increasingly agitated, as you can imagine. And Mm -hmm. eventually they're like, let's have a fucking mutiny. And they picked Henry Every to lead the mutiny. And so that's what they did. When the Admiral was set to spend a night on shore, they attacked the other ships, and they managed to have a successful mutiny without any violence. They didn't have to kill anyone, hmm. which is about the last time that was the case with anything that he did. What a lame mutiny. <laughs> I know, just so boring. But, yeah, they, t- they took it over and took over the ship that Every was stationed on, the Charles II, and they had to run off, get far enough away from shore that they were safe from the Spanish who realized that a mutiny was happening. And then they were like, all right, anybody not into this, get on a boat and go back. And they offered the captain of the boat to stay and be Every's first mate. And he was like, no, nah, I'm not gonna do that and so he got on the boat and left too so (laughs) they were like well you know see he's not such a bad guy he let them all leave you know how cool of him (laughs) well he got less cool as time went on so they had the charles ii they took off left spain changed the name to the fancy (laughs) and set course for the indian ocean here's your one chance fancy don't let me down (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's what that song is about believe it or not fun fact the ship is yeah. about the ship <laughs> yeah was about pirates not Rita, child man, prostitution she's got layers layers and layers <laughs> but they're on their way to the indian ocean and they rob english vessels african merchants danish privateers all on their way and each time they persuade some of the men on the ship's that they attack to join their crew. So they're getting larger and larger as time goes on. Eventually they have 150 men and then they take the fancy to a port and have it stripped down so it can be faster and slicker. And it does become the fastest ship in that area of the world, possibly in the entire world. It it was known for being very fast, which is also a plot point in Pirates
1: of the Caribbean. Fun fact, that's how NASCAR got its roots. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I was hoping if I said it with confidence, you would believe me. (laughs) NASCAR was started during Prohibition on land. (laughs) Oh, yeah, right. right. (laughs) I was also waiting to see if Tyler would be like, what is she talking about?
0: (laughs) He's resigned himself at this point. (laughs) Got him. (laughs) So they're uh, pirating it up, getting real (laughs) piratey. Pyrin, pyre, pyre, pyratatin They're, they're py, pyrescence. Yeah. <laughs> Can't handle this Pyrilicious. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then it's 1695. So this is two years later. He. This is all the longer that he's been doing this. Two years later, he sailed to a volcanic island at the entrance to the Red Sea and he recruited five other pirate ships, the Amity, the Portsmouth Adventure, the Dolphin, the Pearl and the Susanna, which I don't get. How? How? How do you communicate and create a plan with other pirates? You're all over. You can't mail a letter to the middle of the ocean. Cell phones? satellites yeah is this what the the parrots were for you have it memorize a message and then make it fly hundreds of miles and land on the shoulder of the other captain i solved it question Ooh. asked and answered
1: yeah crack the code
0: <laughs> polly wants a cracked code <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is why. uh Your stand-up career is doing so great. (laughs)
0: Jokes like uh, that. I'm on fire. Yeah. So he did. He got these five other pirate ships together at this little volcanic island, and they made a plan to attack a convoy of ships from the Mughal Empire, which was India, essentially, that was coming through on its way to pilgrimage to Mecca and was going to be laid down with a whole bunch of money. And so Hmm. they made this plan to attack this convoy. So they had five ships, 440 men, and every was elected as the admiral of this mission, even though he was one of the least experienced of the other captains. So I wonder how that went down. I don't know Hmm. how he managed that. But they get ready to attack this convoy. This convoy is 25 ships. And the two main ones carrying all the treasure are the Ganji Sawai and the Fatah Muhammad. And those are two out of the 25 ships. They let the convoy go by, and then they pursue them. And so they're chasing them down through the ocean. And the Fancy and the Amity were the two fastest of the pirate ships. And so they're the ones who were able to overpower the Fatah Muhammad. And they managed to do it fairly easily. So they stole from that ship 60,000 pounds. This is in 1695. So that's a lot of money. That's Mm -hmm. enough money to buy a ship like the fancy five, six times, according to what I read. So more money than any of them had seen before. But they had to divide it among 440 people Mm -hmm. so that it ends up being not so much money. So they're like, all right, well, let's go get the bigger prize, which was the the main treasure ship, the Ganji Sawai. And so they go to chase that one down. They had to chase it for three days. Eventually, they catch it. And this ship is not messing around. It had 80 guns, cannons, a musket guard of 400 men, and then another 600 passengers. This is a huge ship. But the Fancy comes right up alongside of it and attacks it. And they get lucky, and they manage to hit the mainmast with a cannonball and take down the mainmast, which leaves the Ganji Sawai dead in the water. It can't go anywhere. But Mm. it's still vastly outnumbers, because the Fancy has 150 men, and this ship has well over a 1,000 people on it. Mm -hmm. And so they're still fighting, and they manage to prevent the pirates from boarding the ship for quite a long time, until one of their cannons blows up in the hold of the Sawai Mm. And it kills a bunch of people, and it starts a bunch of fires. In the melee that follows, the pirates are able to breach the ship, climb on board, and start hand-to-hand combat, which lasts another three hours of fighting. And this is a massively overpowered pirate fleet. 150 against 1,000 and they're doing hand-to-hand combat on this ship, and it takes forever, but they do eventually win. The pirates do. And then they stepped into the worst of piracy, which is after the fighting is over, and they rape and torture all of their prisoners. And that's what they did, and tales of it were so brutal that they were passed down as lore through generations. And so then some people were questioning, okay, well... Maybe it was sensationalized or whatever, but then they found accounts from people at the time who corroborated that it was just that horrific, the way that these prisoners were treated. There were some pirates who were on that ship and in that who wrote, there was a guy on his deathbed like wrote confessionals and he was like, I don't feel bad about any of the piracy I engaged in. I do feel bad about the way we treated those people on that ship afterwards. And that's what yeah. I want to unburden myself from before I die. Yikes. Yeah. So not so much uh, with the teamwork and, you know, the sharing and the cuteness that are in the kids pirate shows these days. Yeah. But Yeah. So eventually they... Were done being awful and they left all of their survivors in the emptied ships, took all of the treasure, which included tons and tons of gold coins and many gems of different types, totaling over 600,000 pounds. Jeez. Which is like 19 million dollars in current money. And they divided it, and every was like, okay, there were five ships that were supposed to be involved with this, but three of you did not even get in the main fight because they were too slow and they couldn't catch the other ones. So he cut them out of their shares, and then even the Amity, who helped with the fight, but they never boarded the Ganji Sawai. They just stayed on their ship. So they fired from afar, but they never got on and did any of that hand-to-hand fighting. And so Mm -hmm. he was like, I'm not giving you bastards any money either. And he did eventually end up giving them some, like enough to make repairs to their ship or whatever. But the majority of it was there with the crew from the fancy. And so they have more money than they've ever seen before. Each of them were given like $100,000 or something. Jeez. And then... A fistful of rubies. <laughs> They're like, here's all this coinage. And then here, here's just like a loose bag of gems, I guess. <laughs> and uh, so, of course, this is huge. This is the largest act of piracy that has ever happened to this point. And the East India Trading Company is pissed because they have been doing all of this work In India, they have established ports and trading and all of these things. And the emperor of India was so furious at his ships being attacked while on a pilgrimage to Mecca, which Mm -hmm. was just the worst time to do it. He's like, you took all my money and you did it while we were on a sacred trek. Mm -hmm. fuck all of you and you tortured all my people well yes that also and i guess some of his relatives were on the ship too some of his distant relatives that's in dispute but what he did was like everybody british can suck it so every british person living in india at that time was an enemy Because Mm. British pirates did this to him. So they locked up British people who were living in India. They deported a ton of them. They stopped all trading with England, which was huge. That was a huge part of the economy in this time. And so the East India Company was like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're upset too, obviously. We'll take care of this for you. Hmm. And they paid back the emperor a bunch of money and then they were like okay now we're gonna track down every and they put a bounty on his head and chased him all over the world and since there was a bounty it was like one of the first global manhunts because everybody wanted that bounty Mm -hmm. so all over the world people are looking for this guy and what every had done was set off for the bahamas So they're headed to the Bahamas. They stopped at an island to pick up a bunch of sea turtles for road snacks, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, just lugging a bunch of sea turtles onto a ship. I don't know. That blew my mind. I guess they're, I mean, they're edible. They're edible. You make them into jerky. Do they?
1: I don't know. They they make jerky out of everything. We talked about penis jerky at one point. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) That is Hangover cure. Yeah. So.
0: (laughs) So, yeah. So they stopped, picked up some sea turtle snacks like you do, and then they headed to the Bahamas. They arrived in the Bahamas, told the governor of Nassau, hey, we're on the run because we're interlopers. You know, people who are involved in the slave trade without a license. And they're like, so we're trying to lay super low because we are wanted. Let us hang out here. And then you and you can have our ship. You can just have it. It'll be yours. And the governor was like, I mean, they're criminals, but that's a pretty common crime. It's not that bad. They're going to give me this nice ship. And. The population of Nassau is super low right now, and we're still involved in a war with France, so we could really use the manpower to run our cannons. The governor was like, it's not that bad, sure. Come on, why not? They're going to give me this nice ship. That's fine. We need the men anyway. So the pirates are at the Bahamas, and they're like, hell yeah, we are so rich. And then they look around, and they're like, there's nothing to spend money on here. (laughs) There's almost no one here. There's nothing to do. We are so bored. And so they were getting really restless on the Bahamas. They were there for several months. And then finally word got to the governor, hey, this guy is a very wanted pirate. You better not be harboring him or you're going to be in trouble. And he was like, ah, shit. So he had their ship wrecked. On some rocks to try to destroy the evidence. <laughs> mm. he was like, I don't want to be, the, I mean, it's mine, but I don't want it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Get rid of
0: the stolen goods. And then he did tip off the pirates that the authorities were coming. So they were able to escape. And so they took off. The uh, East India Company managed to eventually capture a handful of them, really not very many. But Every was never heard from again. And there are many theories as to what he did or where he went. Most of them involve him going back home to Plymouth and living out his life, which seems like the likely thing because none of the treasure that he had turned up and uh, he was never heard from again. So he he was a pirate for under three years. Wow. Made more money than any other pirate at the time. Caused global mayhem and then peaced right out and went and lived probably a pretty chill life. Pretty good life. So nobody knows what happened to all his money? No. No. Yeah. It's somewhere. Oh, maybe. Let's find it. I imagine that he spent it. Like, why wouldn't you? You know? He probably figured out ways to launder it because I'm sure it was marked and stuff. But, yeah, he probably figured out ways to spend it or give it away. And you can't just...
1: You can't just walk into a pub in Plymouth, England and be like, uh, yeah, I'd like a meal and a couple of beers. Here's a bag full of assorted gems. <laughs> will yeah. just cover
0: it. <laughs> How many bangers and mash will this ruby the size of my fist get me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that is the story of uh, Henry Every. And he was, I don't know. I don't want, I don't want to compliment him. He was pretty terrible, but interesting, I guess.
1: His feats and his deeds were impressive. Yeah. But should not be repeated for moral reasons. <laughs>
0: Perfect. Yes. So that's it. That's my pirate. That's all I have. I can't wait to hear about your pirate. I know who she's going to talk about and it's going to be cool. <laughs> don't give it away (laughs) (laughs) so all right well let's hear from our sponsor and then you can tell me about your pirate okay
1: all right and we're back my pirate not only is she chinese but she's a lady pirate too yes (laughs) so i'm going to talk about the chinese lady pirate named chung yi sao yes she was born as she young in 1775. So not much is known about her when she was younger. What we do know is prior to her marriage in 1801, she did work on a floating brothel, which I'm assuming <laughs> is just a ship full of prostitutes. Uh, yeah. That's the inspiration for Rum Row in New Jersey during Prohibition. That's a callback. <laughs> I've got a couple of those. <laughs> yeah. So she ended up marrying a pirate named Chung Yi, and that's when her name changed Mm -hmm. from Shi Young to Chung Yi Sao, which essentially translates to wife of Chung Yi. Yeah. Now, because she worked on a floating brothel and he was a pirate, Mm. I'm going to make some assumptions that that's probably (laughs) how they met. One would assume, Yeah.
0: They weren't like at a church mixer or something yeah. together.
1: <laughs> no. I read a couple of conflicting things. One said she was a prostitute, and it said it very confidently. And then another source said that it wasn't clear whether she was a prostitute or a madam. Mm. And I like to think, with the exceptional leadership skills that she showed later, that she was probably a madam. Yeah. Yeah. Because come on, she was a lady in charge, yeah. So, 1801, she marries Chung Yi and goes off and becomes a pirate with him. That's cool, that's probably
0: unique, I imagine. I don't think it was like a very often that pirates were bringing their wives along.
1: Women on the high seas were considered bad luck for pirates, it was like a bad omen, and women on board, but their culture was a little different, yeah in that because she was the leader's wife it was okay and she
0: had a floating experience yeah yeah she was seaworthy
1: he also had an adopted son named chung bao Mm -hmm. and adopted son could be kind of put in quote air quotes because he had abducted this boy In 1789 at 15 years old and kind of groomed him to be a pirate. It's a non-consensual adoption. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Uh, That little kid, he's mine now. Come on, let's go. Chung Yi died in 1807. So they were only married for six-ish years. And again, this was where sources were unclear about where he, how he died. Mm Mm-hmm. One source said that he had been washed overboard in a typhoon or a storm. There was also some speculation that she had thrown him overboard, or perhaps the (laughs) sun had thrown him overboard. So we're going to say he died under mysterious circumstances. Yeah. The scandalous part of this story, though, is We haven't gotten to the scandalous part yet. I know. (laughs) So far, these are not very scandalous (laughs) things. Not long after his death, she quickly started a relationship with her adopted son, (sighs) stepson, Chung Bao, and they eventually married in 1810. Why not? Because why not? (laughs) Okay, but enough about her private life. Yeah. (laughs) Let's talk about
0: her career. Let's talk about... About when she became a real hashtag boss bitch. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. So from 1801 to 1810, her and her husband, and then later her lover son, terrorized the South China Sea. They had at their peak a fleet of 400 ships, Damn. around 50,000 pirates. With them. But if you think about logistically, they need a lot of supplies and food and then plus all the extra pillaging. So they ransacked ships for their supplies and then villages. They would go into these villages and completely ransack, take a bunch of crap, kill a bunch of people. They were pretty awful. Yeah. And they were huge. So they were just absolutely terrorizing this area. She herself, of course, gained leadership in 1807 when her husband died. That was kind of how it worked, that the wife was essentially second in command by default.
0: Very interesting.
1: Not what you would imagine the pirate rules would be. So, when he died, she was immediately in charge and everybody was okay with it. Mm -hmm. One of the things that made her different was she had an incredibly strict code of conduct, Mm -hmm. which is you would think would be weird for pirates. You think pirates could just do whatever they want we rape and we pillage and we do whatever we want. But she was managing all of these ships and she had an incredibly strict code of conduct. For example, if you were caught disobeying an order or stealing from the common stash, stealing from Mm -hmm. things they had already stolen, you were beheaded. Damn. Yeah. If you kept plundered goods, so you didn't end up putting them into the common stash, you were whipped. If there was the rape of a female captive... The pirate, the guy was killed. Nice. If there was consensual sex between a female captive and one of the crew members, the man was beheaded and the woman was thrown overboard with weights attached to her legs. Jeez. Yeah. She was no nonsense. Very
0: anti, uh, for a madam, especially. Yeah. Very against the relations.
1: I guess she was all business. Yeah. And so not only were they Well, like
0: is is anything ever consensual between a captor and a captive anyway?
1: Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm fine with it. Oh, that pirate is like super sexy. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he burned down my village. It's so hot.
1: <laughs> my whole family's dead, but those abs, okay? <laughs> ew turned weird (laughs) but yeah so not only was she killing and stealing and plundering and terrorizing all these ships on the sea but then going into these towns and doing the same killing a bunch of people But then back on the ship, Mm -hmm. she was doing the same to her crew members if they were caught acting a fool. So, Mm -hmm. yikes. She was no nonsense. The Chinese military and Chinese government was like, yeah, we need to put a stop to this. (laughs) She is out of control. They are getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. And we need to stop them. And but so how for, do you even
0: approach that when there's so many of them? Yeah, you know? It was
1: years. There was like three or four years that their military was after them and trying to break it up and trying to fight them. And they finally had to recruit help from Portugal and Britain. To fight them.
0: Wow, Britain's like, we're still looking for Henry Every. So, I mean, I don't know how helpful we're going to (laughs) be. This was
1: many years later. It's been a hundred years and we still can't find this asshole. (laughs) Is he he part of your crew? Because we can't find him. (laughs) Is he over there? I don't know. (laughs) He one of the 50,000 people. (laughs) Right. So in 1810, the Chinese government was finally like, Look, we're willing to offer amnesty if y'all just chill out and please leave our people <laughs> alone. So she said, okay, fine, and went to the I'm not sure how their government was back then in terms of leaders, whether they had presidents or governors or however that worked, but the governor of the pro the main province. She went to his house with 17 women and children in order to negotiate. And she said, I'll do this myself. And I'm not taking big, scary men. Oh, so she took like her women and children.
0: I mean. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We're a very non-threatening group. We're here to negotiate. I come in peace. Look at all these women and children I have.
0: Yeah.
1: Let's talk. So they ended up deciding to surrender and the Chinese military was like, hey, do you all want to join mm-hmm. our military? Because you guys are obviously pretty good out on ships and, you know, fighting and stuff. So why don't you join the military and we'll call it good, right? Oh. So that was what she had worked out for Chung Bao. And he became a lieutenant and was actually pretty successful in the military. Oh, <laughs> well, I
0: mean, yeah. You can't beat them, get them to join you, I guess.
1: (laughs) Exactly. But not everybody made it off scot-free. Right. 60 pirates were banished for two years. 150 were exiled permanently. And 126 were executed.
0: That's still a pretty small number considering how many she had.
1: And I'm not sure how they came about yeah. choosing who got what punishment. She
0: probably they were like, just get just give us some. Just. Yeah, just exactly. Just hand some people over. So <laughs> at this point, it seems like she was definitely calling the shots. in this. oh, yeah.
1: And how funny would it be if they were like, well, can you give us something? And she's like, yes. And pulls out a list and is like, this guy, this guy, this guy, (laughs) this guy. (laughs) Got to go.
0: (laughs) These are all, I mean, I already killed all the rapists, but uh, these guys, I don't like their vibe. So if you want to just take care of them for me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That one guy, I caught him giving me a dirty look. uh, Executed. (laughs) (laughs) This guy... Crop dusted me once, (laughs) banished for two years. (laughs) I walked into his fart cloud. I was offended, banished two years. (laughs) That guy never brushed his teeth, exiled permanently. Get him out of my face. I don't ever want to see that dude again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So they ended up by 1810 completely dismantling that huge fleet that she had built up. And all this lasted only nine years. Yeah.
0: But, man, she was probably worn out, you know? That's a lot of people to, to deal with. That's a lot of parrots to send messages with, you know? Yeah. It's just too much. You just, Exhausting. Yeah. So did they...
1: You're, you'll get to it. I want to know what they did to her. She ended up settling in Canton, lived a pretty peaceful, quiet life. Chung Bao ended up dying in 1922 at the age of 36. She kept a gambling house and kind of just kept to herself. No big deal. Lived this peaceful life. Uh, She died in 1844 at 69 years old. Dang. How they didn't, while
0: she's like at their house, they don't just like snatch her up and... Probably because she
1: had so much power and she was leading all these people and they were willing to negotiate. I think the fact that she was willing to negotiate as well, they were like, sweet, yeah, win-win.
0: <laughs> Man, yeah, she she really uh, thread that needle pretty well. I'm going to get in, I'm going to pirate, I'm going to be very good at it, and then I'm going to get out in a way that le- lets me live happily ever after.
1: And you know what's wild is, like, she was 25 years old, Mm -hmm. working in a brothel. She probably started as a prostitute, probably eventually became the madam Yeah, because she was that kind of personality, that kind of woman. She then meets her husband who's a pirate with his own fleet already and is kind of like, hmm, I can get in on this. Yeah. Goes, helps him make it even bigger. Yeah. Then he dies. She's running it as their main leader. It's absolutely massive. Then goes not only wins battles against military, but then also negotiates with government officials and gets off scot-free.
0: Becomes so powerful that she gets to run the negotiation. Yeah. Like, that's that's nuts. And, you know, that's a lesson, listeners. Marry the bad boy. Take over the world. <laughs> sure, he's problematic. He might be a pirate, but uh, get in you there. You two could you get yours yeah yeah get yourself a
1: a nice son husband yeah (laughs) when when he dies marry a son your stepson or adopted son whatever yeah make it weird yeah
0: but yeah she was a badass chick she was a badass i'm yeah and i told you this in a text when you told me who you were doing because i considered i was like man i want a lady pirate we need a yeah. lady pirate. And I know they exist. And so I was thinking about switching to her. And when I asked you, I was like, yeah, the Ashley and Shanda Feminist Podcast. We've got to oh. have a badass lady pirate. <laughs> At it again. Yeah.
1: So I I got her story from a book that Tyler gave me. In fact, when I told him what this our next topic was, he goes to his bookcase that's in our office and pulls out like three pirate books. <laughs> and he's like, here, read these. And there was a chapter in the one book called Under the Black Flag, The Romance and the Reality of Life Among the Pirates by David Cordingly. And I only read the one chapter, but it talked about women pirates Yeah. in that chapter. And there's not many. And it did kind of talk a little bit about the roles that women played yeah. amongst pirates Generally women were considered bad luck to be on the high seas. Right. But some pirates brought their wives. And some of the worst pirates, the most some of the most famous ones, some of the most ruthless ones, they were like, "Yeah, I'm bringing my wife. What are you going to do about it?" Like, Yeah, yeah. Fucking fight me. Like. Yeah. <laughs> so most people were like, "Okay, fine. We'll let it go." And then there were plenty of other lady pirates, but a lot of them, it's funny, started out dressing as boys. Yeah, They early in their lives kind of had this secret identity of being women. One Mm -hmm. of them joined the military. There were a couple of them that their parents didn't want daughters. The one girl, her father had died. Mother needed help with work to make money so the daughter dressed as a boy and went and got a job as a teenager. Yeah. they wouldn't hire young girls to be anything other than, like, what chambermaids or whatever. Yeah. And then one girl ended up joining the military secretly. Kind of like Mulan, if you ever yeah. saw Mulan. Yeah, Disney. yeah. But a lot of these women were pretty tough tomboy girls mm-hmm. and went on to marry these men who became pirates and then took over. Mm-hmm. And so many people were like, yeah, these chicks are scary. So, yeah, we'll just let them go. (laughs) And that's awesome. Good for them. And then, of course, her story was in there. And I did some Google searches on her as well to get some additional information. But, yeah, it was – she's fun. I – I was going to talk about some others, and then when I came to her story, I was like, nah. Yeah. I want to talk about her. She's she's badass yeah. and a little terrifying, but really cool and good I, for her.
0: I love Tyler just, like, running. Ooh, pirates? <laughs> and then running to the bookshelf. I also have pirate books in my house, but they are all for toddlers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his are not. They're coloring books. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cool. That was a fun episode. I like fun historical tales like that, so. I do, too. Yeah.
1: So what do you have going on? Anything to plug? No, not really. If you haven't already, check out TikTok. Mm -hmm. We're putting new videos up there a couple times (laughs) a week. The video of the two alpacas fighting was very funny. Oh, my gosh. They're so
0: ridiculous. Hitting each other with their necks
1: and making making obnoxious noises they neck wrestle bite each other's ankles and then just scream at each other it's <laughs> yeah. so stupid it's not at all scary and it's hilarious and they yeah. spit they spit at each other so when the fight's over they just sit there with their mouths hanging open <laughs> there's a TikTok up of that yeah, one the too after
0: where, where the after like, fight are you done
1: <laughs> it's like are you pleased now your mouth feels gross so <laughs> jokes on you both of you yeah. But I recommend you go check out TikTok. There's some fun, good-natured, positive animal content. Right. And if you go through all the videos, you can see my ugly pants and shoes. <laughs> it's, it's cameo <laughs> That's what appearance people really want? ugly pants. Yeah, exactly. But you can also find us on Facebook, Crimson Moon Farm, YouTube, and you can check out our website at crimsonmoonfarm.com. All right. Yeah. What about you? What do you got going on? Yeah, I've got uh, I've got some things. I at the time
0: that this comes out, pretty much the only thing I have left is that I'm going to be in Auburn at the Byler Lane Winery again on November 19th. That last show that we did in August was so fun and packed full of people. And I'm just really excited to come back and do that again. So that'll be the next thing. If you are in that Northeast Indiana area, definitely come hang out with us at Byler Lane. And you can find me and updates on all of my comedy on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and TikTok. I don't put a whole lot of stuff on TikTok. I'm mostly there to lurk, <laughs> <laughs> but I do have a a couple videos up there. I did put um a video of my stand up. Yeah, was good. So you can get on there. Yeah, I finally figured out how to make that happen so hopefully in the future i can do a few more of those so yeah and then you can of course find the podcast um, on facebook and instagram at passing notes with ashley and shanda if you're listening to this right now on apple podcast which i know a bunch of you are because we can see the analytics just scroll (laughs) down and like and rate and review that's really helpful to us and it makes our hearts happy so please do that and send us a message um you know what do you know about pirates? Who's your favorite pirate? What were the purpose of uh pirates?
1: Have you ever been called a dirty pirate hooker? <laughs> Have you ever been a dirty pirate hooker? <laughs> because South started out as a pirate hooker. Yeah,
0: that's the <laughs> gateway to becoming the most powerful pirate in the South China Seas. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah um all right well thank you so much for listening and i hope you share this show with your best friend
1: like every week we want to thank my husband tyler for recording editing producing the show and also providing me with a multitude of pirate books (laughs) he's he is my dirty pirate hooker (laughs) for shanda sung i am ashley morgan join us next time on passing notes with ashley and shanda Timeout, real quick. Something's ticking. Something hit. are your wires hitting together? Maybe.
0: There's no timeouts in podcasting.
1: <laughs> There's no crying in baseball, <laughs> but there is crying in podcasting. <laughs>